0: I'll give it a go. Hello, testing, testing. I might to put a battery in. There. Testing, 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 testing. One, two, three. Testing, 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 testing. testing t- Hello. Hello, I'm going to use this microphone for recording, but you'll I'll have to l- use my voice for you to hear me. Yeah. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your presence. Lord, we ask you tonight to move on our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you that you're full of life and you want to give life to us so we can give it to others. Lord, I pray tonight as we look at your word, think about the things that you've revealed to us this week, that you will quicken it to us for action. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh we were praying on Monday, uh, some of us were spending some time with the Lord on Monday, and uh, Teresa Gibson read a scripture, which I want to read to you guys, and then I want to break it out. We kind of broke it out as we were talking, and but it's going to be about uh, ministering to people. And it will help you with... It'll probably make you mad, but it'll make you glad in the end. It's that kind of a scripture. Second um, Timothy two twenty four. In the New King James, it says this: "And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel." <laughs> okay, I told you it's gonna make you mad before it made you glad. <laughs> The servant of the Lord must not strive, it says in the King James, I think, but must not quarrel or strive, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition. And it says uh, correcting those who oppose themselves in the KJV. Um, you know, sometimes people just oppose themselves. They oppose everything that's gonna bring life or help them. They're like, just strive, uh, opposing. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses, like the gathering demoniac who came to his senses and um, escaped the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. So I'm going to do this backwards. I'm going to start with the first piece, which when you're talking to people or ministering to people, no matter what it's about, if you're talking to them about coming to the Lord, they don't know the Lord at all, or if you're talking to someone that wants to grow in their relationship with the Lord, talking to someone who wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or talking to someone who wants to be healed, it is entirely possible for any person to be taken in a snare of the devil, so I know that people don't like to talk about the devil. The devil is like our least favorite conversation <laughs> we don't want to t- we don't believe in the devil <laughs> okay well whatever uh, <laughs> the focusing on the devil, seeing a demon on everything I can remember one time when. Uh pastor was first starting out. She was somewhere up in Virginia at one of these high-class resorts, uh, or up in West Virginia, one of those like Green briar some places where people go. And, and uh, they were in there doing some kind of a charismatic meeting, and they were seeing demons everywhere. And someone said, there's a hypochondriacal spirit on the chandelier. I always think about that. I think, We're, like, God wants to do a work in our lives, and we're, like, making a circus out of it or turning it into theater. When Jesus wants to move, it's not theater. And so uh, we can think, well, there's this spirit, there's that spirit. Can the devil, can a Christian have a devil? I can tell you right now, a Christian can be oppressed by a devil. I've ministered to people for years, and that is a consistent theme, that people can be oppressed by the devil. And so that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. So what is a snare? It's a trap. So a snare is a trap. So this is a person, a person can be trapped by the devil in a snare, in a trap. If you trap, we are trying to trap raccoons or something, I can't remember what it was. John putting apples out there and I don't know what all. And we could trap the thing, but we'd have to call for somebody like Mike Bracken to come and liberate it into where they go legally. Um, where they legally go. <laughs> uh, y'all don't want to know where they legally go, okay? We'll just okay. leave that there. Uh, <laughs> they. Uh, so when a person's in a snare of the devil, have if if you ever talked to somebody or ministered to somebody and think, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. They just don't get it. What's the deal? You just don't get it. When somebody is in a trap, they can't get themselves out. So if a, a raccoon is in a trap or a rat, when we were kids, we used to trap rabbits with boxes. We'd take a box or some kind of a wooden kind of a box, put a forked, a forked, White men speak with forked tongue. Put a forked—that <laughs> was probably politically incorrect. Uh, a forked stick up there. Hold that box up, and the rabbit would knock the stick down, and boom, he'd be in there. And then we just let it go, cause mother wouldn't let us eat wild meat. <laughs> so, anyway, but when something's trapped in a snare, my point is: first thing I want to say is, don't get mad at people that are trapped in snares; they can't get themselves out. Because that is what you end up striving about. Have you ever been torqued off at somebody who can't get themselves out of a trap? You're like, come on, get yourself out of this. What's wrong with you, man? What's wrong with you? Can't, you? can't you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you this. Don't you get it? Read my lips. But first thing you want to know when you're ministering to someone, either to bring them to the Lord, you're know, talk to them about the Lord or to get them set free and to get them more filled with God and let them take the next step of whatever it is God's wanting to bring them into. The first thing you need to know is if they're trapped in a snare, they can't get themselves out. Because a snare is a snare. And it says, Escape the snare of the devil. Having been taken captive by the devil, the devil does not take trophy captives. The last phrase of that verse says, Having been taken captive by the devil to do the devil's will. When the devil takes someone captive, he's taking them captive with a purpose. He doesn't say, Oh, I got 16 captives this week. They're so cute sitting up there on the shelf. You want to come see my captives that I got this week? Uh, They're just sitting there, captives. When the devil takes someone captive... When you're in a snare of the devil, you're there because the devil wants you there so he can instruct you and direct you to do his will. You're in a snare under the influence of the devil. That's scary stuff. That's kind of down. De- it's depressing. We better get to the other part of this. <laughs> Kathy said, I stand against that in the name of Jesus. Come on, girl. Okay, so here's how this broke out. As Teresa, I said, Teresa, I'll give you credit, Teresa. I'm not going to rob your stuff. Uh, she, how this opened up to her was, it, when we're ministering to someone to get them out of a snare, or get, to get them set free from the snare, where they're just choosing to do the will of the devil, These things are our responsibility. These are the things that we can do, and this is what's going to make you mad. Not that they're in a snare, but this is going to make you mad that this is what you have to do to open the door for them to be able to get out, if they choose to get out. Um, First of all, our our responsibility, number one, is do not strive, do not quarrel. The Greek word there for strive and quarrel is quarrel. Don't fight. Don't argue. (laughs) Sorry, Kathy. I told you it was going to make you mad. Uh, Don't fight. Don't argue. Because it's easy when someone seems like they're just being obtuse or Or, I don't know, some people are just more prone to want to argue about something. If they feel they're right, and I'm trying to tell you this is what you need, you need to do this in order to be healed. You need to walk this way in order to be healed. Well, you're just plumb obtuse. You're not listening to a thing I say. Uh, And then ratchet up to, I'm going to strive with you about this. I'm going to argue with you about this. I'm going to quarrel with you about this. That is just the human nature. And so but that's the one thing we can do. That's the one thing we can do. One one of the few things, but it's the first one. We can choose not to quarrel. So when you feel that I don't I I can't imagine that I feel a quarrel, I can feel an argumentative thing come up in me. Can y'all tell when you're getting ready to just Chow down. Whoa. So when that starts coming up in you that I'm going to come I'm going to give you my arguments, I'm going to quarrel with you. I'm going to come back with you and tell you why what you're saying is not right and what I'm saying is right or whatever, then you have to make the choice and you have the power to make the choice not to quarrel. You have the power to make the choice not to strive. Uh, Because strife produces nothing but frustration. And it will not yield the fruit of the Spirit. Strife of the flesh does not yield the fruit of the Spirit. The wrath of man does not ever work the righteousness of God, ever. And so the thing in in us that would try to minister through winning the argument for the ministry... We're not on debate teams for God. (laughs) We're releasing life to people and coming into anointings that will do amazing things in realms that you can't see. So if you're talking to someone who just isn't serving the Lord, they're just being trifling and they're not serving the Lord at all, you're talking to them and you want to build a fire under them to care about the things of God and you're wanting something to happen there you can't see what you're talking what you're trying to accomplish is in the invisible realm you can't see the snare you can't see what the snare is you can't see how strong it is how big it is if it's a steel cage if it's just a little rat trap you can't see what that snare is that's in the invisible world so, your responsibility is not to know everything about the snare. Your responsibility is not to quarrel, number one. Number two, to be, gen- <laughs> to be gentle toward the person. <laughs> to, be, to be gentle toward the person. Must not strive, but be gentle to all. And that is just, what is the word gentle? What does the word gentle mean in the Greek? It means gentle. Have you ever seen anybody when they're just irked with their child, like at the Walmart or somewhere, and their kid is like, Mom, 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 Mom. And the parent just has had enough of it, and they just yank the child up by the arm or something like that. And I'm going, Whoa! Then I have to go serving the Lord. Must not strive because I'm getting ready to go. lay hands on that person, <laughs> or they're just going to yank the yank the kid up, uh, ungentle, ungentle, not looking a child in the eye. Of course, some children, if you look them in the eye, they poke your eye. Huh? Uh, well, no, not all children. Some might. Um, <laughs> God, what a vision. <laughs> But the gentleness is a big element here. It's not just, okay, I'm going to suck this up. I'm not going to argue, and I'm not going to quarrel. Oh, speaking tongue tongues, speaking tongues, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to quarrel. But I'm just a little bit strident. I'm giving clippy answers, and I'm slamming doors, and I'm stomping a little... Just a stomp here and a stomp there that you can't do that the the rules are this is a laid out this is a formula here, man, this is an algorithm. you cannot quarrel. you must be gentle david King David said. Of the Lord, your gentleness has made me great. There's something in the Lord, in the Holy Spirit, that has a, a gentleness that is lifting and opening and lifting and opens doors. And so if we enter into a gentleness, that is a gentleness that the Holy Spirit gives us, because seriously, we're human beings here, and that gentleness does not come flowing out of us like vapor rising up without being in the presence of the Lord or before the Lord or making a choice. I will not quarrel. I will be gentle. And then let the Spirit... Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. So if we let, if we open, if we say yes to that, this is not something you have to try to do. Like, let's see, this week I'm going to be gentle five times. If I'm gentle five times this week, I might make it seven next week. This week, every time I'm in a situation where I am seeing a need to set someone free, I'm going to not quarrel I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through me his gentleness. His gentleness. Gentle toward all people. Third, number one thing you can do is don't quarrel. Number two thing is let the Spirit release his gentleness through you. Say yes to gentleness. That's easy. Well, it's not easy, but it's... It's something you can say yes to. The third thing is apt to teach. Apt to teach. Well, okay, what does that mean? You're like a preacher, anointed teacher, or something like that. Apt to teach means skilled and able to teach. So if you're going to bring somebody to the Lord, you want to be skilled in the Word of God. So that when you're speaking to them, you can speak the Word of God with skill. If you're going to bring somebody into a place of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you want to be skilled in the Word of God, what the Word of God says about that. If you want to set someone free from a snare or whatever lies that the enemy's told them, you want to be skilled in what the Word of God says to teach it. If someone says to you, I don't believe in women ministers... I think that's deception. You want to be skilled to teach that, not just say, well, that's not been my experience. Or whatever, you know, they're just to give an answer that's not a, an answer that is skilled to, to teach the Word of God about it. And so, in order to, that's your part. You, this is what we're supposed to be doing. If someone says, I need more of God, I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those of us in a church should be able to teach that, skilled to teach it. Know what the scriptures are and say, well, let's read the scripture together. Look at the scripture. Look at this promise. This is in the Word of God. Look where this happened in the Word of God. And show them the scripture and teach them the scripture. It doesn't mean you say, oh, wait a minute, you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Hold on, i got to get the pulpit. Get behind the pulpit. Now I'm going to teach you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Normally that's like you're standing in the row and your foot's hurting. Or you know you're hungry, your belly's growling, your foot's hurting. And you're like, I can't even think if I remember if there is a verse. Be ready. Be on alert and ready and know the verses and have them in your mind, in your heart, or written in your Bible. One of the my favorite things that came to me when Ann Fletcher died was her Bible. <laughs> the things she has written in that Bible. She has the scriptures for this and the, script, the things to teach. To teach people to get them set free from snares. The I opened it one day last week and it was how to get somebody delivered of the devil. It wasn't in the Bible, it was in a, a notepad that she would stuck in the Bible That she had in there, step one, two, three, four, she had her uh, scriptures lined out there to be able to teach. So, that is, the third thing is our responsibility. So, you shouldn't say to someone who needs to be set free, you need to go study this. That's not their responsibility. That's our responsibility to say, okay, this, da 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 da, da, and be able to teach what needs to be taught at that moment. And then here's the one that's going to make you mad: Uh, able to teach, forbearing, patient. That's the fruit of the Spirit, patience. But the word in Greek, forbearing, it means to bear with evil. Evil. To bear with evil. I cannot bear this. When someone is in a snare, they can't get themselves out. There may be elements of evil that are present there that you have to be able to bear with evil to get to the place. That is your job, bearing with evil. Well, I'm not tolerating that. I'm blah, 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 This is blah, blah, blah. There, Think of the evil that Jesus tolerated. The forbearing is not about being patient in the sense of, well, I can wait five years for this. It means I'm able to stand and be caring in the presence of something that is completely crossed to me and evil in my eye that I can bear with evil. Do you ever have to bear with evil? Who? If you live in this world, you will have to bear with evil from time to time. And so if you stomp out the door, or say, I'm not putting up with this, this is against God, blood of Jesus, Um, or whatever, you will not be the person that, that ministers to that person. Bear with evil. That's number four. Patient. It gives a whole different meaning to it. If you look it up in a concordance, I just encourage you to do it. You will see that the word means to bear with evil. That's literally what the word is in Greek. That is translate patience or forbearing. That's number four. Number five. This is your job. This is our responsibility. In meekness, correcting. Most people don't like to be corrected unless they've been really dealt with by God and been through a revival or two or something. I mean, it's not like people are not standing in line and saying, oh, correct me, correct me. Uh, Here I am, correct me. Um, But if you are high-minded or if you are thinking that you know more than someone else or if you're thinking you need to hear me, you will not be actually doing your job here because it has to be correcting that comes with meekness. Well, if you have like a fiery personality, that might be a challenge, but it is absolutely a possibility because it's one of our jobs. It is one of our responsibilities in meekness correcting. So... What's the opposite of meekness? <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> Christ has got it. I'm dead on here tonight. <laughs> opposite of meekness is arrogance, pride. Uh, don't you just love to be instructed by somebody who's arrogant? <sighs> That's like your least favorite thing, I'm sure. And so our responsibilities are these uh, five things. One, don't quarrel. Two, be gentle toward. Three, be skilled and ready to teach. All the various things you might be teaching to get someone delivered. And four, bear with the evil that's involved. Uh, Let's say somebody is addicted to... Heroin. And you want to see them come out of that snare? That's a snare. You do know any addiction is a trap. It's a snare. It's probably a steel trap that you might put down in the water to trap beaver with or something like that. It's like a big... (coughs) Okay. If you... Are not able to. I just can't bear that. I can't bear to have to deal with this person that I know they're just shooting this stuff up between their toes. And I feel so unclean and dirty when I'm around that kind of thing. In the New Testament, we don't get defiled by dirt, dirty things get cleansed by us. Jesus walked right up and touched lepers, and they were cleansed. But Old Testament living is, I'm scared of anything that's evil. The devil's whole uh, trip, to me, for the church is to make us scared and scared of everything. Scared of this, scared of that. Think how many times something happens and it kind of scares you. And you think, oh, that, oh what if? What if? And your mind starts going and running on the fear. Um, Don't be afraid. Bear with the presence of something that is averse to you. That you don't like. That you view as totally evil. And then in meekness, be able to speak correction things. Okay, so that's our responsibility. That's our part. Now, God's part is... If God, perhaps, will grant them repentance. If we do our part, if we do our five things, God has one thing. So our five things are so much about attitude and heart and being Christ-like. Those five things, if we say, I will do these five things then God has the one thing He does. He grants the repentance. I want to read this verse to you in the Passion Translation. It says, The true servant of the Lord Jesus must not be argumentative, but gentle toward all and skilled in helping others see the truth. Having great patience toward the immature, then with meekness you'll be able to carefully enlighten those who argue with you so they can see God's gracious gift of repentance and be brought to the truth. So, the granting of the repentance, God will grant repentance. That's His part, He grants repentance. And the thing that can stop that flow of thing two from happening is if we get thang, thang excuse me, gate city, thang one, uh, messed up. So if we, do, if we don't do our part, his part can't flow. But if his part flows, it is the opening of the trap. So I was like, well, if they really wanted God, you know, remember Billy Sunday? He just slugged somebody and brought them to the Lord. Punched him right in the face, brought him to God. Well, you know, I'm thinking that's probably not the normal method. I'm sure there were some circumstances around that that we can't quite get a hold of And thinking. But anyway so our if we do our part then his part flows he grants repentance that is his part Jesus said you guys are so critical and picky you shut up the kingdom against other people and you're not even going in yourself that is scary. That is totally scary. But letting the Holy Spirit deal with us on our five things will allow His one thing to flow. But we have the capacity, by not saying yes to our five, we have the capacity to shut up His one thing. Because when we when we do these things, if we if we teach, if we're talking to someone. Let's say you're talking to someone who wants to not have a baby they're gonna have, and they've decided they're not gonna have this child, and you you're it appalls you. You have a hundred thousand feelings about it, or whatever. But if you're saying if you know what you're gonna say to teach and talk about it, if you're forbearing what you can perceive to be evil in front of you. If you're walking in your five things, then God's loving repentance will pull the snare open where the devil is instructing. Because your stance and attitude springs the trap where he's instructing. Because remember the verse we started with? He has the person trapped so he can instruct them to do what he wants done. When the devil has, when a person believes that God isn't even real or whatever, they're in a trap to be instructed to do what the enemy wants them to do. God's not real. He doesn't believe. God loved you. He never let these things happen to you or whatever. Go down the list of the things where people just would leave Christianity, the church. Because I read an article. I can't remember what magazine it was in. It was last year. I read an article by this girl that had, she was a, a Christian. I think she was like a worship leader or something. She was a stronger Christian, you would think. And she was raped. She could never reconcile it. She left the faith. She could not believe that God was real. She began to think that God was not real because that happened to her. And so when you're ministering to people or talking to people, you're going to be talking to people who maybe don't have that happen to them or have that situation, but they'll have similar things. And so if we hold our hearts in this attitude of the Lord, and we know the Word of God in a way that we can apply the Word or teach the Word or tell them, and in meekness say, well, you know, this... um, this God, God being God does not mean evil does not happen. And then give some scripture about it. Because then they'll say, oh yeah, it's easy for you to say. You've never been raped. Or you know, whatever that. Have y'all ever talked to someone who is hurt and bruised and they are just coming back at you? So that <laughs> they're in a trap where they're not just in a trap, in a vacuum when the enemy takes someone captive they're not in that trap in a vacuum they're in that trap in school they're in that trap with words of instruction being given to them what to think and what to do and this is what your wound is about and this is how this is what this offense means or this wound is about and this and just keep adding and instructing and and getting a stronger hold We're going to have people that we minister to and that we reach out to that have never heard one thing about God or ever been to church. That were pretty much raised by Nickelodeon. Or the Disney Channel. That don't have a little list of moral regulations. We'll have no grid to put anything like that on. And so we will be able, in this attitude of Jesus, to open the Scripture or give the Scriptures that can help someone see. As I said, be able to carefully enlighten those who argue with you so they can see God's gracious gift of repentance and be brought to the truth. Last year, the uh, the Lord was asking me to do something I did not want to do. I really thought it was kind of cruel actually I did register that complaint and said I think this is cruel and I don't think I want to be present in this and I don't want to do this and so I'm giving my statement to God about it and he showed me in Isaiah 53 how he was despised and rejected and people we hid as were our faces from him and he spoke to me and he said "When when you feel that way when you make that choice, you are turning your face away from my wounds that bought your life. Because I'm inviting you to share in my suffering, and you're turning your face away because it's ugly. And you don't want ugliness. Now, that was Holy Spirit convicting my arrogant self. And, but how, when I saw it, I didn't feel like, oh wow, got a revelation in back. I could not stop weeping. And I, because I was granted repentance from rejecting the cross, that's a huge thing. I could have gotten in a snare of rejecting the cross. I could have had the clamps of that trap all around me of rejecting the cross. And I would not have been in there all by myself rejecting his wounds and his cross. I would have been in there with something teaching me why I should reject that. And what's wrong with believing that Jesus died for you. It could go deeper and deeper and deeper because when you're in a trap, the devil is teaching you and talking to you. So he did truly, for which I'm very glad. I got to see God's gracious gift of repentance and he brought me to the truth. And It's a wound in my heart that's a good thing. It's a good thing when I think of it and I remember the day that it came so real to me. What it feels like to the Father. When we turn our face away from suffering. When we turn our face away from something that makes us feel despised and ugly. Do you ever have things in your life that make you feel despised and ugly? So if if you turn your face away. He, get, he gave me repentance from that. Broke my heart. Showed me the truth. So it's helped me be able to bear evil it's helped me be able to see be gentle here jane know what you need to say to this person to help them see the next step that they can take so god grants it's his one thing grant the repentance now okay here's the other person's part And with this, we're done. This is what happens to the person you're ministering to. Let's say it's a person who is uh, addicted, was using addiction. That's an easy one that everyone can uh, put in front of your mind. This is their part. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, that they may come to their senses and escape. That's their part. Number one, recover themselves. You cannot recover someone for them. When you start feeling frustrated, aggravated, like, "Ah, how much more do I got to do for you? You've crossed the line. You're doing part three. You're down here on on Roman numeral three and you're trying to decide for them and manipulate their choice. Because they have to recover themselves. You've done your part so that Holy Spirit did His part and pulled that trap apart so the entrance of His word could give light. The trap's pulled apart. You've done your part And now they have to walk out of it. They have to make a decision. No one comes to God except by their will. Whosoever will may come. The Holy Spirit, when we're praying and we're in prayer, we're delivering people from the snares of the enemy in their minds so that they can say yes to God. But they still have to say yes to God no matter what the thing is may recover themselves that's their part recover yourself i want to read it in this uh passion translation Whew. i'm feeling intense i talked to someone right before i came to the class who told me how god had done something in her heart over the weekend And it broke me down so bad. I said, you have wrecked me here, and I've got to go teach a class. I will be wanting to cry, bawl, squall, lay down flat on the floor. Uh, This will cause them, when God grants the repentance, when he does his part, this will cause them to rediscover themselves. Have you ever been under an influence of the devil and you lost yourself? You lost track of yourself. One of the things when you get, start getting out of it and delivered of it is you first, you rediscover yourself. You rediscover your autonomy. You rediscover that, oh, I can make a decision here. You recover, your will is recovered to you. I'm not helpless. You rediscover yourself. And escape from the snare of Satan who caught them in his trap so that they would carry out the devil's purposes. So this is, in essence, what ministry and prayer is. When new people come, or people come that are babies in the Lord and need to be discipled and nurtured and prayed through, Paul said, my little children, I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. There is no magic. The gospel takes root Through the attitude and the spirit of Christ that's in us, that meekness, that's not striving, that forbearing evil, those five things, they open a way. And then God gives the repentance. He grants repentance. And then they have to exercise their will. What do you want? What do you want God to do? What do you want? And then the exercise of the will. But... I, I want to give you two more uh, scripture verses to p- take note of and look at later. 2 Corinthians 10.5. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says that we're pulling down strongholds. Excuse me that we're pulling down strongholds every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God that there's a working that we do that says we will pull them down when our obedience is complete if you look at this verse and you compare it to the fact that we have five things in our responsibility when our obedience is complete power is released you say well why can't I just get this done like really fast well, who knows? Maybe God wants to see how you how you'll do with evil. Are you, I'm not going to tolerate evil. I'm not. I'm not going to be in the presence. I did the most stupid thing when I was young. I, I believe I can hear myself saying it. I can feel the arrogance that I felt at the moment that I said it. When I said, "Concerning my children, I will not parent children that go to public school." Well, I got. My wish, which turned into a curse. Where was my brain at that moment? Righteous and right. And making, I was going to express my will and have it to be where I did not have to have evil in anything. And I was the evil one at that moment. I was my righteousness was more evil than any evil that would have ever been present in a public school way back in that day. Oh my gosh compared to now, it's like church. Really seriously. But you know think about yourself in the sense of as you're applying this and thinking about how you're going to apply it, think about yourself in the in situations that you've been in and evaluate that and say, Lord, show me how. Show, make this a real thing to me because it literally will give action and power in ministry to people and in our prayers that will be striking. It will, it will be a wonderful thing. It truly will. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the way you lay out things that are things that we are to do and what your promise is that you will do. And how we can enter into those things, I thank you for it, Lord. And I pray that you'll take the words that have been said in here tonight, apply them to us, that we will be equipped and ready when we meet anyone that needs to be taught how to come to you or receive more from you or be instructed in how to walk with you more perfectly or or better, more fully, Lord, we say yes to you for you to work on us and you to deal with us and school us and make us be those ready and prepared for fruit and action that creates fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.